This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. People are still saying that, right? YOLO? No. No? Were, <laughs> Not people, were people ever really saying it? For no. like four They're months They're dabbing there. while they say it. Yeah. yeah. Like Plank, oh. Planking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I pl- I'll plank. <laughs> the Harlem Shake. Oh, Harlem Shake is yeah. still kind of sick, actually. Have you ever listened? Have you listened to the song recently? Oh, you're talking about the song. The song the... fucking bangs. Yeah. What about the Ice Bucket Challenge? Oh, I'll do that again. Okay. Oh, the Mannequin Challenge. Now that was oh, cool. I forgot about that. Where we yeah. could have come into the, like, Becca could kind of come into and the we're studio just, like, and we're like frozen yeah, recording. Yeah. We yeah. should bring it back. We could bring it back. Mannequin yeah. Challenge. Yeah. Sure. Hell yeah. Uh, Dave, um, you get to do a thing. We, we, we start every show. I say start the party, Dan. You get to decide how I say it. Um, so do you have a suggestion for how I should say start the party, Dan? Ooh. Uh, let me think here. Um, let's see. What's like, uh, um, it's not a test, Dave. <laughs> well, no, that's why I'm like, oh, this is the first test of my improv skills. Because <laughs> well, all my first ones were like, well, there's funny accents, but that's awful. Well, uh, we did. Um, he just did a French accent. I just did a French morning. accent. A Quebecois yeah. accent. Yeah, Quebecois. Yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. So you can do accent uh, if you want. Well, not... depending on the accent. I think. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, yeah. Let, let, let's like do it as a, as a, I guess, a, a surprised Italian accent. Oh, oh. surprised okay. Italian. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like right, uh, the, the, the moon just hit your eye like a big pizza pie. Oh, that's how <laughs> surprised I am. Yeah. <laughs> Start to the party, Dan! Oh no, you got upset online. Looks like you're having a real bad time. Should've just ignored what I said. But now I've got proof that you read it. And for me, that's all I need. What I live for is the air that I breathe. Cause I'm rude with me, and I'm not sorry. Welcome everybody to the block party! Oh wow! Yeah, that, that was good? good. That was good. Dan's Italian, so he's he's fucking furious right now. I'm he part Italian. I okay. just went through the boring decision. My name. It's like a quarter Italian, and we all and I'll claim that because they're the funniest part of my ancestry. Was that good? Was that? Did I seem surprised? That was great. You, you like seemed surprised. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. I, I was like worried. I was... just threw, threw something at you. You had to catch while you were saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. It was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. No, awesome. Well, yeah. Hello, friends, idiots, and friends who are also idiots. Welcome to your favorite podcast about social media and rejection. It is Block Party. This is episode number one hundred and fifty-eight. I'm John. I'm Stefan, and uh, we have a great guest with us. Uh, this is a, I would say, one of the longest time requested guests on the show. I would say we've been we've been fielding requests to have this this man on the show for a long time, and finally. 
it's happening. It's all here in front of us. He is a politics writer for the Washington Post. Dave Weigel is here. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Hey, it's great to be here. I've been listening to the show forever. I'm a Patreon subscriber. Uh, I guess that makes this unethical, but I'm really <laughs> glad to be doing it. No, it's no, that's very ethical. You're basically is so this, is this pay to play. This is yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. Pay. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never even thought about that. Yeah. Really. We should do that. Yeah. Like once a year, we should just be like, yeah, the person who gives us the most money gets to guest on the show. Yeah, that couldn't Ooh. backfire, right? No, it would never backfire. Yeah. We had we had a listener on a real good show episode and they did pretty good. Oh, that's right. They yeah. were like very nervous about being on the show, but yeah, they yeah. did well. They yeah, did that well. was good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, what what the way I always think about it is we have had people who are Patreon supporters on the show before and it's just sort of like we're all, we obviously pay you for your appearance on this show. So you're basically you're getting your Patreon subscription for free now, yes. essentially. It cancels it out. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. So that's kind of like I'm right, glad good. 12 years of being on Twitter. That's <laughs> I've gotten something. Congratulations. Yeah, nice. you're, you're welcome. Thank there you. you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because we we've been in talks to have you on the show for a while now, but for for a while, uh, they it makes it sound like there was like a negotiation. Well, there kind, of was. kind of was. There was. Yeah. I had to like write an email to Dave's boss and be like, please let him come on the show. <laughs> That really did happen. And yeah. also, I, I delayed this once because I, part of my job, and I, I feel like that's a reason people might follow me, is that I'm constantly traveling places to write about stuff. And and often on Sunday, I'll book up a flight and say, oh, the five things I promised to do that day. And I believe that happened. Uh, there was a, there was something I had to do a couple weekends ago. This one works, though. This one, I actually was not a flight today, but an earlier one. So I oh, tricked wow. the system. You're on a <laughs> I, flight. I, I beat the man and where I, I were got you, off the plane. Where were you flying from? Uh, North Carolina, which uh, oh. had, had a lot of fun writing about uh, gerrymandered districts. That's not a really funny subject. I imagine we'll talk about other stuff. But yeah. I, I had a great I had a, I had a good time right before that. I was in Arizona uh, talking to Republican governors. All these things. I mean, I, I, I'm glad that uh, people are amused by the things I, I say on Twitter and the way I, I cover this because you've know, done a little bit differently. It's probably really stole that name, but I, I have a good time. And yeah. I have a good time and I try to learn things, try to write things. And uh, everyone involved with this realizes there's a level of ridiculousness permeating everything. Yeah. yeah. Everyone involved in what I cover is it, in the last five years, especially is pretty aware that, yeah, you, you kind of have to laugh at it some of the t- sometimes. So there, there's my Twitter persona. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I will say gerrymander, maybe not funny, but the word. The word itself very, I think, is pretty funny. good. Very yeah. good word. Gerrymander. Yeah. It's a long word. Like, where does that even come from? What's the word origin from, there? Oh, you know. I was from, like, oh, yeah, I, no, I, that was a rhetorical. <laughs> you're like, well, actually. <laughs> no, it comes from this 19th century Massachusetts politician whose name was actually Gary, and it got mangled for all time, uh, which I, I'm a little sympathetic to. Oh, uh, is that where uh, Parks and Rec mangled. got the joke? I believe they did. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Because, uh, and, and the district itself looked like a funny, funny monster. It stretched all around Massachusetts. And that's just what things are like now. I mean, uh, the power to draw congressional maps is, is in most places with the legislators who, you know, will belong to one party or another. And they just kind of dare each other to draw the most rigged maps possible. So in, in I was in North Carolina, which is like a 50-50 state. And Republicans drew only three seats for Democrats out of, uh, out of 15 and then Illinois is the opposite. And so that's one thing you end up covering through politics is people not really saying out loud, haha, we're going to screw you over, but coming up with fun, fun bureaucratic, uh, dodgy ways to say that. Uh, and me going and, and talking to them and explaining <laughs> what happened. Yeah. But fun year for me, really. This is this is all of this gerrymandering happens in one year. So incredibly fun year to go around and see these. And when you drive through the districts, uh, you 
you the point of them is to make them as complicated as possible to put it random communities in different chunks of, of places and it is meet people who have no idea who represents them because unbeknownst to them there was a deal done to make them irrelevant and make it just so that like there were enough so many too many seats for one party to ever lose control yeah that's the goal every time they draw these maps the craziest one that i've seen is the the dan crenshaw one where it like it like goes up and then like loops around and it looks like almost like a question mark or whatever and there's there's a lot like like, drive straight lines through them and they don't connect communities there's a thing where a little chunk of a city will stretch out eternally into rural areas until there's just enough of Republicans and then Democrats have have their way to do the same thing. Uh, it's I feel like you guys don't do Canadians. I, I should say you guys are the representatives of Canada officially. Um, I, I don't think you guys do this, right? No, I don't think we don't. Just, just the Parliament can say, you know what? It'd be great if the Liberals never ever lost ever. So let's just rig it. Yeah, like yeah, my got, my we, writing is like it's like a square. I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure, or like a, yeah. or like a parallelogram yeah, or something. You're, yeah. you're always riding a square. Okay. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like an insult. It does. Yeah, yeah. the tone of voice. I yeah, think. you're yeah. always riding that fucking yeah. square. But if you if you look at no, like the yeah, local writings, it it's is very really... much just like uh, oh, here's it's just a city that we divided up into pieces, and it's but it's always the same. But it's like it doesn't change. Here's, here's a long street that goes down the middle of the city. And yeah, that's the dividing we'll just divide line. it on. Yeah, exactly. Generally seems to make sense at least i'm just speaking for vancouver here but no i mean that's pretty much how they do it yeah i mean maybe there's some areas of the country where it seems a little bit weird how they do it like around small towns or something well there's also there's like like in like northern bc there's like the massive ridings where it's like all of it's like half the province yes because like there's only a ten thousand people people. live up there in this gigantic space so you'll have in vancouver you'll have a riding that's like you know 20 blocks by 20 blocks or whatever right and then another MP will have half of the province. Yeah. The entire Northern half of the province. Yeah. I mean, it, we got those too, but people, I, I was saying not everyone talks about it and brags about it. That's not true uh, because they're like one thing that happened this week is uh, a, a Republican candidate who lives in this Toledo district. Then Republicans drew this Toledo, Toledo, Ohio, which is used to be working class Democrats, less so now uh, drew a new district. So instead of it being like plus 20 Biden, it's going to be plus five Trump or something. And the guy was just tweeting about how great this is. He's this, you know, shaved head, big beard, um, had a lot of QAnon tweets. Uh, was it the January 6th, right? All that, all that stuff. And, and just bragging on Twitter, like, ha, 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 Jerry Badgering's great. I'm going to be in Congress now. And I literally just retweeted to explain it. And he relevant to this discussion, the show, and he blocked me for that. <laughs> and so he just, but the, conf, the confidence is saying, like, look, I, like, they gave me this thing. I'm going to be a Congress. I don't ever need to talk to you. Yeah, it's you know, it's honest. I appreciate it. Saying the the quiet part loud, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I do want to say I saw you. You're drinking some coffee there. I assume it's coffee, and I do like the the C, the C span mug is very nice. It's very on brand. I feel like. yes. You come on with a C span mug. Did you get that from? Did they give that to you? Did C span send that to you? Yeah, they send it. No, when you're on C span. Uh, they, oh, when you're on C-SPAN. Oh, when yeah. you're on C-SPAN, they give you a, a <laughs> nice little pe- gift. He's talking about yeah. all the fancy things I do. Fancy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but <laughs> when you're, I did extend the O a lot when I said the word "on." Though I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yes, when, when you're on the show, the perk you get is, "Hey, thanks for coming on." The thing you were drinking water and/or coffee out of, you can take that with you. You say, "Oh man," and so. I have one of these. I have like an up with Chris Hayes shirt. That they're not shirt. <laughs> they give Hayes. you a shirt when you go on the show. Everybody has to wear uh, this up with Chris Hayes t-shirt when, when they you, guest on our when show. You, 
when you do go to like the New York uh, uh, NBC studios, there's NBC store on the way out and you can buy swag. You'll never see anywhere else. That's just, you know, from you know, plastic straws for the show. Uh, Jimmy Fallon gags turned into, into t-shirts, things like that. I have a, you know, a community where uh, Troy and Abed made shirts that say hashtag Annie's move and they helped Annie move. Yeah. Yes. Like I, I got one of those shirts. Guys. Hell well, that's, yeah. I, okay. I'm like, I'm like my friends on TV now. And I got this after leaving I, like a morning show to talk about, I'm sure something horrible. <laughs> there are, or well, say, well, well, I'm here. There are comedians who will do that. If they do like a late night appearance or whatever, they'll, buy the merch but i think they <laughs> act like they were given it but yeah. i feel like you, it's kind of like uh and maybe they were maybe i i shouldn't say maybe when you do stand-up comedy on you know conan you or whatever basket. you get a little yeah. gift basket but i just i can remember uh there was uh there was a comedian i know who did it and then was wearing the like whatever i can't remember what show it was jimmy kimmel maybe or conan i don't remember it but then was just like wearing the hat around town for like six months after why not yeah i mean i got that's pretty cool i I got no issue with it but it was it would just made me laugh because i was like did they buy this hat though yes because that would that would be very funny yeah if you go on and you buy you still have to buy it yeah and then you and then you wear it around i mean i'm i was on this i'm uh, at the point now but i still wear my just for laughs badge of course when i do shows yeah so I'm yeah. at the point now where if I get, I, I think the ideal gift for me now is a coffee mug. I do like that's your ideal. Gift. I do You'd like rather receive nothing else on earth. Well, I'm ideal, like realistic gift. So Irene just got yeah. back from LA yeah, and she brought me back some nice coffee okay. from Joshua tree and a nice one of the, and a metal coffee mug. One of those metal ones. Oh, but see, doesn't that feel like those, those are get really of, hot? Yes, I was gonna say yeah. Aren't those just mostly for camping? They're not really like uh, they essentially. I think they are, but I, I sort of like that outdoorsy feel to them. And uh, I th- I think I am getting to that age and that point where I'll, I'll I like a gift that is like practical too. Sure. I think it was a couple years ago where. Uh, How about I, just a good old fashioned blowjob? Whatever happened to that? <laughs> <laughs> right, guys? Just would someone fucking suck my are, dick are you, already? What do you have there? Is eye that, drops. This is how old. This I is am. how old you are. You just got I handed woke, eye drops. I, yeah. I woke up this morning and my eye was really bugging me. And so uh, Becca was going out shopping and she bought me eye drops and just brought them in in the middle of recording. That's so, so nice. Yeah. Are my, you going to do the eye drops right now? Oh, yeah. You bet. My, oh my eye God. is killing me. I have some nasal spray here if you want to oh, take a break at some point. Yeah, did C-SPAN give products. you that too? Sorry, I'm just a little bit. I was up early. We did an early episode this morning. and No, this is like a hedge fund. A hedge <laughs> no, it's just, it's Goldman Sachs gave is. me these, this nasal spray. Yeah. Is that still a thing, Goldman Sachs? I've been tra- yes. Okay, I don't know. I never uh, know yo, which one. I, well, I just never yeah. know which ones shut down or didn't shut You're down. You're thinking of Lehman Brothers, I think. Uh, maybe, yeah. I, but I'm not. That's what I mean. I'm like not thinking about any No, of yeah. Okay, it says I'm. Oh, I shake did. well and put one to two drops in the affected eye. Okay, let's see how this goes. Okay. I got. I haven't shaken it yet. That's fine. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. You can say whatever you're going to say there. Oh no, I, I I did clean a lot uh, recently. Get get rid of things in my house, and I had been saving a ton of stuff that was clear, like it was unique. Uh, did I want it? Not necessarily, but did I know that I would never again get this object? Uh, that that and I kept boxes of those objects i finally started to purge some of them but things like uh there was a birthday party i went to a long time ago where they made t-shirts for it and they all had said uh, turn down for what on them and I'm like well no one's gonna use that again 
<laughs> so do I want to keep this forever or do I want to say, ah, we had the memory, I'm going to let it go. And with a lot of political stuff, I mean, I, I do hang on to a lot of political merchandise for the same reason. Like no one's going to go reprint this, like do a special edition 10 years later of this campaign button or whatever. And so, but I'm, some I keep, uh, my favorites are probably Rick Santorum Rock the Vest, which is oh. the picture of Rick Santorum wearing a vest. Oh Love my that. God. Oh, um, that's good. <laughs> one I got, one I got that people, no, I should be specific, like people who assume the media is, is making things up, uh, sometimes guess that could not be real. But I did get at one of the first Tea Party rallies, um, a, a button that says teabag them before they teabag us. <laughs> oh, uh, that's good. Okay. I've hung on to that one. And that, and, and again, it's, it's so ridiculous that it feels like I'm, I'm mocking people, but no, sometimes people are, re- this is, this is where I think a lot of good comedy that you need to be careful. I laugh at comes from people are just very passionate about their, their, their vision, their version of what's funny. And they got it totally wrong, but they're enjoying uh, selling it to you. You're enjoying it, buying it for them. Uh, I, a bunch of those products. I gave away probably like a third of them before, before I, I gave up. There was, there's too much, but things that were based on, you know, like song hooks that no one will ever laugh, laugh at again. I, uh, that I, could go. I think the turn down for what t-shirt you could get away with wearing now, ironically, for sure. Certainly. Yeah. Has it been long enough? Yeah, probably. I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Also just a great song. Yeah. Still. I mean, no one ever, yeah, even no ironically. Yeah. No one was ever like, well, I don't like this song. Yeah. It just was kind of like you a meme sort of thing. Yeah. I'd wear it. Yeah. I'll say I that. I would too. I remember I mean, going I own to... three Fred Durst shirts right well, now. That's, so. I mean, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. But that's totally earnest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That is that's true. That's the thing you want, to, you want to do. Did we Did we ever get your review of the new album? Because it came out on your birthday. Uh, I mean, again, if you l- want to check out my new metal podcast, no, I know, the but, POD So now you cast, can plug that. And th- Brian and I did a review, a mini review of okay. it. We, we were doing the 311, day, uh, 311 self-titled album. Right. Uh, but we did mm. uh, a, a little mini review of the new Limp Bizkit. And what's the album, the new Limp Bizkit called? Still Sucks. That's so, like, I love that. That's, and then, that's and the, pretty good. The yeah. cover itself is like horrendous. Uh, they always do that. It's like Wes's art and they just. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. It's so bad. But I, it's bad yeah. enough that is, I love it. Is yeah. there a new 311 self-titled? Like, are they doing no, the Seal no, or Peter from... Gabriel thing? Are they just <laughs> having out 311? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, 311 is still making music. We should be clear about that. But um, no, this was yeah. their their self-titled uh, album that came out in 95. Oh, um, it's like Down on it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Down is the first song. Okay. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, not good. It's, uh, I'll say that. Not, yeah. a, not a great album. Um they're, they have one song that's extremely funny where they're trying to invent a new word um, for like a close friend. And that word is brodal. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, uh, these are my brodals. Yeah, yeah. And then in the chorus, it's very but weird. What is what is what is the second part of the neo? I know what a bro is. Yeah. It's, the, the it's just like part. it's just like brodal. Like you're my brodal. Like it's not. It's I don't, not even uh, like. A, I don't think it's like supposed. I don't think they're like supposed to be portmanteau. like. Yeah, it's not a portmanteau. Yeah. It's not like brodal and um like handle. bro and yodel. Or, yeah, no, yeah. they they do rhyme brodal with yodel in the song, as you might imagine. Okay, is the song um, called well, brodal? The song's sense. called brodal. Yeah. Okay. So, but then in the song, so uh, okay, here I'll bring up the lyric here because it's it's really crazy. So the the song is, I mean, the whole song is is absolutely horrible. Uh, but in the in the chorus, they say. The Brodals is the Naz, and the Naz knows where it's at. The Brodals <laughs> is the Naz who knows a cat can feed a cat. 
uh, which sure. I don't know. And then and then it goes <laughs> on to say the goal is to be a poet and a carpenter, to be one who loves, to be one who works. The Naz is not something that can be given. The Brodel is inside you. It comes from within. Okay, so that's the chorus. So we were like the that's Naz. That's the chorus. That's the chorus. They, they, that is three times in the song. If they added this to genius.com, the website would shut down. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to go to songmeanings.com to yeah. figure out because I was like the Naz, what's going on? I learned that. Well, okay. Do you guys want to take a guess? So that again, it's just they, okay. they say the Brodels is the Naz, and the Naz knows where it's at. What do you think they when mean by the Brodels being the Naz? The Bros are is they they are they're the Naz. Yeah, the Brodels is the Naz. How is that N A Z N A Z Z N A Z Z? Yeah, they're like na- nasty. Like nasty isn't cool. Okay, that's a good guess. It's not even remotely close to being right, <laughs> okay. but it but like a sensible guess. Sure, like that's what I would probably. Yeah, guess. yeah. Dave, Dave, do you have a guess? I I only know it's a nonsense word. Like there is a band called the Naz that took their their name from a song about the Naz and it was supposed to be nonsense. So I, I, all I hear is a nonsense word. I have no, no. guess. No, so it is not actually a nonsense word. It is uh. a short for Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, uh, you know what? Cause okay. they say carpenter yeah, they later say on. The goal is to be a poet and a carpenter. So they're saying, but they're not a religious band. So what they're <laughs> saying is like, yeah, a true bro is like akin to God. They're like Jesus. Like if you can find a true brodel, they're like <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. Okay. Man. Yeah. They're smoking a lot of weed. I mean, we, cause we often, yeah. what we'll do on POD cast is we'll find the like Rolling Stone profile about a band. Right. And the like Rolling from the time, like from this the is time 90 period four? this is 95, 95, but Rolling Stone didn't profile them until 97. Okay. But the, the, the headline of the article was good buds. Ah, and I then see. it literally oh, yeah. in the promo photo in 97, yeah. one of the, one of the members of the band is just has a massive joint like yeah. in between his fingers and they're, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Well, for for Rolling Stone readers, a band smoking pot's pretty edgy. Pretty yeah, edgy. I guess. Exactly. Like they hadn't seen this before. <laughs> exactly. Was we just different in the '90s? They do different stuff because that's not what we does. We doesn't make you sit around with friends and be like, "Yo, you know, be a funny word for this concept." Like that's uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I guess it's almost like a beatnik thing, sort no. of, right? Yeah, like, it's probably more of like a beatnik that type harkens thing. back to the the okay. beatnik era, maybe. Yeah. Let I, me, I think 311 well, I mean, sort of modern day Phoenix. And, yeah. yeah. Let me find the, <laughs> the pretty, Go ahead. I mean, they're, they're pretty young at this point, the self-titled uh, 311. And, and I had, maybe ever other people have, like as a young person, friends ma- would make up nonsense words. Like uh, I just had to celebrate a friend's birthday party, my friend Dean. And we, I don't know how we began it, but we just, we made up other names that are not his name, call him by it and he recognizes it. Like Wendell and Dennis. Yeah. And we just on a group text be like, yo, is Dennis coming? Not his name. He just never put up with it. Like beat, we'd say beat if something was bad and all that. So if I had a white rap rock band in 1983, I probably would have incorporated some of that stuff in there. For sure. Yeah. But it would have been lame if I'm like, oh, when my friends were 12, we did this. So I would say, you know what? It would help with this. Drugs. Yeah. Parcel, whatever. It was something to make it sound cool. Do you have the article, John? Well, so yeah, so I wanted to read that there's a couple really good parts in this article. <laughs> okay. The first one is re- so this one is really good because they're talking about uh, how successful 311 are. And it says, this is the writer writing this. Sure, 311 may have sold more than 2 million copies of their last album, and Transistor may have entered the Billboard album chart at number four. But the band has also endured fires, deceptive producers, and critical slings and arrows that would have torn apart a more uptight crew. Then the lead singer's name is Nick Hexum. And I lo- just this quote is awesome. 
We really try to keep a good attitude, says Hexum. A lot of people say, man, it's such a shitty time to be alive, but I can't relate to that at all. Just <laughs> <laughs> okay. basically being like, look, all these poor people that listen to our record, you know, or whatever, all these people who have these horrible life situations. That's not me. Couldn't not be me, me, baby. I'm famous. I'm this. <laughs> I can't relate to them at all. I'm fucking, my life is awesome. Uh, did they ever, um, <laughs> did they ever like sell out? Like, I mean, I don't think you could sell out if you were 311. They're like a reggae rock band. But they didn't show, they didn't do a thing where it was like, uh, Amber is the color of like your mutual fund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen 311 use. Even there's an Eric Andre sketch uh, where a guy runs on stage in the show and says, investigate 311. And they play, <laughs> What sounds like a 311 song, but it's some other band. <laughs> so like 311 wasn't even willing to be used in like a goofy sketch. So they're they're pretty legit. Yeah, they're not like uh, you know Bob Dylan or yeah. uh, who else? Who else has sold it? I guess everybody. They're not like everybody. Yeah, they sold their, now sold their music for commercials. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely they've probably sold their music to commercials, but I also don't think 311 fans would see that as like, wow, they really. They really fucked us over with this yeah. one. You know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, they're in a car commercial. Cool. They yeah. Get to now make... I can hear them more. Yeah, yeah. This is the other really good. Uh, this is the other really good quote from the article. Uh, <laughs> this is such a Rolling Stone line, by the way, which Dave, you'll appreciate as a as a as a writer. We get dissed for being lightweight because we're happy. Gripes Hexum relaxing after a post gig massage <laughs> bracket. Just one of the perks of platinum album sales. <laughs> Uh, but this is the great quote here. But I'm talking about things in my lyrics that are important. Maybe if the great thinkers of past times like Buddha or Christ were alive today, <laughs> people would say they were shallow because they were just talking about oh everyone my. being cool to each other. <laughs> you know, that, so, that, so he that is, classic great thinker, Jesus Christ. So, so he is like directly comparing himself to Jesus and the Buddha there. He's, well, he's just saying, yeah, if they yeah. were alive, people would shit on them, too. That's so funny, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love I love this guy. Isn't that this great? Is great? Yeah, yeah. So you you should. I I don't think that you would like the POD cast in general, Stefan. But I do yeah. think when we get we usually this have stuff like, I like. We usually yeah. have like ten to twenty minutes of like we find these old articles, yeah. and you should just listen to that part of the show because it's pretty good. That sounds great. But anyway, yeah. this is a long way of saying that the new Limp Bizkit album's great. Okay, that's really good. All right, yeah. yeah. It's I'll, every, to it. I'll give it a shot. It's everything you. I mean, if you liked Limp Bizkit, is it just before, basically the exact same as? Like it's old great. Limp yeah, Biscuit. it's yeah. like great. It's like old Limp Bizkit. It's really um, good. We watched, uh, and we we did this with the Street Fight guys. We watched that John Travolta oh, movie, The Fanatic, the Fanatic yeah. directed by Fred Durst. Yes, and there is a scene in that yeah. where Devin Sawa is driving his kid to school. Yeah. And then turns on the radio and starts playing not even like a classic Limp Bizkit song, no. but a new Limp Bizkit song. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to turn this up. This this is the good shit to like yeah. his kid and is explaining Limp Bizkit to but his he kid says, and stuff. He says to the kid, these guys used to be huge. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> is is one of those songs on the album? Because that no. was like two or three years ago. Yeah, but no. No? So that was just like a B-side or something? So, well, I mean, we don't have to get really too into the weeds about I Limp would, Bizkit. I would love to, to be honest. Well, so they 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 have their own version of Chinese democracy. <laughs> So it's called, it's called, (laughs) so their, so their last album, their last album before still sucks came out in 2011. It's called gold Cobra. Yeah. And for the last 10 years, they've been working on an album called stampede of the disco elephants. (laughs) And, uh, they have played, they've played different songs uh, off of that purported record live. Uh, they've also released some of them as singles. Yeah. And then, uh, they apparently, 
apparently that album is either done or close to being done. But they did another album in between. Correct. So they so Stampede of the Disco Elephants has been rumored to come out for the last like five years and it <laughs> hasn't come out. And then apparently they just shelved all those songs and they wrote still sucks like really quickly over the last couple months. Oh, my God. That's yeah. so funny. So it's like they're Duke Nukem forever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so God. we'll see if it ever comes out. Who knows? That's but. that's so good. Yeah. Well, Duke Nukem Forever was actually like by the time it came out pretty terrible, right? It was like one of the worst games of all time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, okay. We're yeah. talking about the same thing. Yeah. Oh, well, good luck to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, because I think most people think still sucks is pretty good. Like, or at yeah. least people who were fans or whatever. So, like, so they've like put too much time into this other one. Yeah. So they overthought come, it. So if it comes out a couple of years from now and it's like really bad, people will be disappointed. And but, it's probably going to be because people have such high expectations. Well, but for I've it. heard the same. Like, I've heard the songs they have released off of it that are supposed to be, and it just sounds on like, it, and it sounds good. Okay. I mean, it sounds fine. Yeah. yeah. They also signed with Cash Money Records for a little bit. Oh, okay. That yeah, was didn't yeah. they do something with Lil Wayne? As yes. Part of this exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that was is so, it better than the song he did with Weezer? Because that wasn't good at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, but the song with Lil Wayne wasn't very good either. I mean, this was like Lil uh, Wayne in uh, full autopilot mode. Yeah. Uh, kind of in his rock, his like rebirth when he was doing like rap rock stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When he would just start playing guitar. Yeah. That, it's actually kind of sick. That he would just like bring out an electric guitar that he absolutely did not know how to play yeah. and would just noodle on it for like 20 minutes at his own shows. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Now, I did I did bring up Duke Nukem That's forever. kind of the equivalent of me talking about new metal on this podcast I, for I, 10 a minutes. Little bit, I'm just yeah. I'm noodling yeah. right now. But I love this. This is great. I'm okay. watching a master at work. Here. <laughs> yeah. um, I brought up Duke Nukem forever. And this episode comes out uh, in, in a week from now. But I think people yeah. will still be talking about it. Have you guys seen the, the stuff from the Grand Theft Auto remaster? Going around Twitter. Oh, I've seen the screenshots where people just look like like horrible David Cronenberg creations. It's uh, just like arms all bent and distorted. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It's this so, is for the next gen though, right? It looks like crap even though it's on PS5. Yeah, so it's it's like it's remastered. It's just of, for Switch, right? No, no, it's on. Oh, it's on everything. Yeah, okay, okay. and it, and it was taken off the PC store, right? Because it was so bad. That's and then good. so what they actually did originally was they they removed. The original versions of of the trilogy, it was like on Steam. You could buy the original versions, which are still good. Okay. Because it's the original ones from the early 2000s. Right, sure. And what they did was they removed those ones from the digital storefront. So you so could not buy them anymore. So buy the remasters? So that you have to buy the remasters. Yeah. And they are so bad that they have now put the old ones back <laughs> on the digital storefront and like apologized for it. Um but it's it's incredible. I think what what happened, and Dan might know this as well, because uh, he's you know he knows video game stuff too. Um, I think they like AI upscaled a lot of the game. Um, oh, yeah. that's dangerous. So, that's what they did with Cyberpunk, where so what is that? Like, oh, mean? We're going to use AI to populate this city, and everyone's just phasing through walls it, like a mutant. Yeah, oh, and then the other big thing is obviously with games like GTA, uh, a lot of the fun of it is that there's like funny like storefront names and like signs and stuff, right? Right. But because so much of the stuff is being AI upscaled, like the words are like not being added properly oh, or they're like mirrored and like backwards or something. And so you're missing like all of the aesthetics of, of the game itself. And then the two funniest things I've seen are uh, I think it's in GTA San Andreas, the rain, where it's just like these white sheets of rain coming down and you actually just can't see what's happening uh, when, when you're driving around. 
Uh, the three things. Oh, actually. Dan's bringing it up here. The second one, the is, weird rain effect, uh, is that the rain is white. No, no one will make fun of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's, yeah. Okay. It looks horrendous. That is crazy. It looks so bad. Uh, the other thing is that they got rid of uh, like the fog in the game. Um, so the draw distance is like you can see everything in the game. So you can see all the cities from like like wherever you are. Basically, you can see Mount Chiliad from like your your home in like Los Santos. Uh, and like part of the, I played that game in 2004 when it came out and, you know, part of the fun is like exploring the city and exploring, right. you know, the outlying areas and stuff and seeing what's out there, but you can see everything now at once. And then the third one that's great. And I think this was actually in the original game is that if you wiggle your car side to side, it gradually gets wider and wider yeah, and wider. Uh, Dan's bringing up the <laughs> wide car here. This is insane. It's so and funny. And it's clipping through the other yeah, cars. So, <laughs> so the footage that Dan is showing us right now, the car is the width of like two lanes of two traffic. Two lanes on the road. And it's it's incredible. So that was a glitch in the original Apparently game as well? that was a well. glitch okay. in the original game. Yeah, there's like a bunch of steps you have to do to reproduce this one. Yeah, it's not like it's it's easy to do necessarily, but it's very but funny it, that this it's is in a, there. That's a, and uh, honestly, I respect Rockstar for that. For keeping Faith, the original faithful, glitches A faithful in there. glitch? I mean, yeah, I don't know. if Did you guys play GTA 4? No. Um, I didn't, know. Okay, because there's, there's... I didn't play any. I played GTA 1 and 2, and yeah. then I missed all the next-gen ones because... I had Nintendo, right? So they never. You know, I, so I, I only had Wii and Wii U. I, I didn't. I didn't start. Playing I would it love later. them to bring back like or to like. I think a perfect Switch game would be the original, like GTA Two. Yeah, the top down. If they released that on Switch, it's I would great. buy that. Immediately. That's the one with all the gangs, right? Yeah. Where you can be in the Yakuza, but then yeah. you can also be in the like uh, the sort of like deranged mental patients yes. gang or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and okay. like the the Harry Krishnas and stuff. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but in GTA four, there is a glitch, uh, on the first Island where there's a, there's a playground with a swing set. And if you drive your car into the middle of the swing set at like a certain angle, it launches your car like a thousand feet across the map, uh, and just like absolutely destroys it. But it's like still drivable. And my friends and I, like, I'm not kidding here. We would in college do this for like six hours at a time and just try and get launched as, as, as far, far as, as possible. possible. <laughs> okay. I'm watching it right now. That's pretty fun. So if they ever remake GTA four, remaster it and they don't include the swing set glitch, like I'm, I'm going to lose my, you're mind. out. Yeah. But I do sort of want to stream the remaster. That's pretty good. Now. Well, this is a weird, cause you're not even like driving over the swing. No, set. you drive you kinda... into the middle pole and it launches you so far. And it, it is, I, it's so much fun. I love it. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I've been obsessed with the remaster. Because um, they also, I think they outsourced it to another company as well. Uh, and they're kind of hoping like, oh, this will be like, this will be an easy money grab basically. Yeah. And I, and I think it's the same company maybe, or one of them that did the last remaster for like the PS3 that was like a total disaster as well. It's just so funny that this can keep happening. Like I, I am, Cyberpunk did teach me to stop pre-ordering games. Because I did... I did pre-order Cyberpunk. Me too. And uh, did you ever finish it? No, I uninstalled it after like a week. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was horrendous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Do you guys My have any? PS5 is powered through on that. Uh, uh, they're both and they're both PS5 gamers. I know it's powered through on on PC. Uh, I never did. I'm just a PS4 person. I, I, I get systems like three or four years after they've been available. Although yeah. PS5, I guess, just never going to be available. Yeah, John, so sure John and I, for that. John and I lucked out and and managed to get uh, PS5s early on, like before I got mine they came on launch out. Day. Yeah, but it's like I think it's actually harder to get them now, which is so insane. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like they say, the early bird gets the PS5. That's right, John. <laughs> right? I've heard that. Yeah. They're saying that? That's yeah. the thing they say? I think they're saying that. And I yeah. did it, and and it went well for me, <laughs> and I do. I actually got three. We've talked about that before. I got three on launch day, and I, I, I kind of fucked up because... <laughs> I, I just sold them to friends for face value because I'm nice like that. But, yeah, you um, could have made like five grand. Yeah, well, because I didn't know. I just sort of thought like, ah, the, you know, they're going to fix this. They're going to be easy to get in like three months. Yeah. Fuck, man. I If I just waited like a year. Oh, my God. I sold them all. Yeah. I'd be sitting. I wouldn't even be doing this pod, man. I'd be <laughs> fucking floating on a on a. I almost said floating on an island, floating on like a floaty. In, uh, the, in a pool. In the Cayman Islands yeah, or yeah. some shit. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Sell my PS5. Yeah, like the dissolve and... at the end of the movie where they're celebrating on the float, the pool. Uh, he, him, yeah, I've seen Palms, what's this, Palm Springs, Career Opportunities. I, I'm envisioning this. I've seen movies where people celebrate by by floating on it. That's the only way I can relate to what you're saying. Yeah. Thank have you. I seen this in an 80s comedy? <laughs> yeah. Well, have. okay, Dave, easy now. But I, yes, but no, you're right. You're right. That is, that's how I envision celebrating. I'm not like a... I, you know, well, you're not a movie guy. I'm not a movie. Well, no, it's We've not even so much that. that. It's yeah. just that I don't like, I don't drink or do drugs or so for me, like celebrating is probably about like laying in a pool. Yeah. 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 Sipping a kombucha. Yeah. Sipping a kombucha. <sighs> but I am, uh, That's I, my, I don't know why. I no, that was fine. That. I think I am legitimately. Are you starting to get delirious? Not yet. A little bit. We did one episode we got before up early, this at 9 a.m. I've, I've had the gigantic peppermint mocha, which was an awful idea. We yep. established that. Um, but you keep doing it. Like, how many times in this show have you said, oh, I bought a giant coffee and that was a horrible idea? I mean, I I put the bidet to good use today. I'll just say I know. That. You're in there for a while. <laughs> I, it, that's also another. That should also be part of my retirement plan. I charge you like 100 bucks a minute for you to use my wash. That'd be a really good You'd idea. You'd owe me a actually. grand right Yeah, now. I would. Um, yeah, you're I, always shitting at my house. What is, I, no, what's up this, with this that? is the first one in like two months. I mean, that's I'm serious. Okay, okay. I want to say I've never shit here before. Thank never. you, Dan, so. and that's respectful. That's a respectful <laughs> friend. Stefan made it's like it's his job. He yeah, Dan's all clogged up from his gas station breakfast. That's true. Yeah, that is Dan. What did you fault. have for breakfast today, Dan? Uh, this, this. The sp- he hasn't sparkling eaten yet. water. Sparkling water. I haven't, I haven't okay. had anything. To We're gonna eat get yet. McDonald's after this episode, I think, and Are that'll we? be Dan's breakfast. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we gotta eat something. I mean, it doesn't have to be McDonald's. Oh, we can do McDonald's, I guess. Dave, what's your go-to McDonald's order? Uh, I usually don't. I usually get like the McGriddle if I'm going there. But my breakfast today, I was leaving uh, North Carolina, and I I stopped at a restaurant that was advertising its Pilgrim Benedict, which was a Ooh. eggs Benedict, uh, but instead of bread, there was a uh, uh, cranberry stuffing, and I said, Ugh. And then I just decided today, oh, let me go have that. Uh, so I ate, ate some of that. Um, uh, I'd love to say that's my go-to, that every day I woke up and made myself an <laughs> Eggs Benedict. A Pilgrim Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it works. It totally, they cracked it. I, and it had grits on the side, because if you're in the Carolinas, that's, yeah. that's what you get. Uh, uh, so that's, that. I prefer that. I mean, like, what I like is that McDonald's uh, outside of, like the East Coast zone that I'm I'm in a lot of the time where they throw in extra stuff in the menu. Like uh, I've had uh, when I was in England, like the McDonald's had a, a like non-based sandwich, like the two sort of mini nons as the bread. Oh, that's what I kind of want. I want a more experimental McDonald's. Like throw the egg on it. Obviously, give me the egg, but then do some more stuff. So that's why, like when they innovated it and they made a pancake, the bread, I thought I, th- I thought that's what I want. That's where I want to go. I'm not a big McMuffin guy. I feel like that's been improved upon by other people. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the the non one, I'm that sounds. I'm good. intrigued. That's in very intriguing. I, yeah, it's, I'm. Uh, that's that sounds. And that's, this is a breakfast item. 
Uh, I think I had it as a lunch item, but okay. that's when I first discovered that this company that had colonized the entire world uh, and given <laughs> them unhealthy food to eat was also sensitive to local cultures and saying, you know what? Uh, <laughs> as we're injecting people with uh, this corn syrup-based treat, let's make it let's make it kind of relatable. Uh, and so I had I've had a blo- what was it? When I was in China, this is KFC, not McDonald's. I had the uh, blood uh, blood sausage kungi, oh. you know, like the the rice pudding. But yeah, at KFC, it was like my I, for breakfast. It was like here's some eggs and here is a gelatinous blood uh, surrounded by melted rice. And okay. it was great. That's what I want for my fast food. I had the the uh, teriyaki burger in uh, in Japan at McDonald's, which was which was quite that, that, that was very nice. That was quite good. Yeah, um, that I, just feels like something you could make at home. It, though. Yeah, that doesn't feel the Japanese McDonald's like, experience just like, felt better. That sounds white as shit. Of course, and you're like I went to Japan and have the, the teriyaki, teriyaki burger. burger well, I had McDonald's. to try it. Yeah, but, no, I get it. Um, I like the naan. That I sounds think good to me. Canada, I guess. Because you know the way McDonald's would make naan too would be kind of fucked up, but it tastes good for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think Canada. What's the Canadian? It's the McLobster. Yeah, and you can only get that in the Atlantic provinces, but you can get a lobster roll. It's a yeah. lobster roll, right? Yeah, McLobster. I, yep. that, I'm staying away from that. Never had it. No. I've never had it. I don't think I'm doing that. I've been in Atlantic Canada when it was, because it's also only it's seasonal. available. It's in the summer, yeah, right? Seasonal, yeah, yeah. Summertime, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I know, yeah, we don't really have a, uh, yeah, we don't really have that. Out you can here, get like sort yeah. of like NHL related toys in your Happy Meal. That's about <laughs> as good as it gets yeah. for Canada specific McDonald's items, but. Yeah. Are they normal looking or are they like the Eternals toys where they have gigantic celebrity heads? <laughs> oh, uh, I don't even know anymore. I'm just thinking of like, you used to be able to get, they do it at Tim Hortons now, but used to be able the to cards. get NHL cards at, at McDonald's. They would sell like the trading cards. And then we obviously had the iconic uh, Muppets. I was about All-Star, to say Muppets all-star game, like, which we've oh, talked yeah. about this. On the 1998, show before, like NHL all-star game. Yeah. I had Kermit the frog in like yeah, the Western conference. Piggy, yeah. Fozzie. Animal, I think. Animal. Those are great. They were yeah. really good. They weren't, pardon me, you had to pay a little extra, if they, I remember. they were, like, big. Because they were, like, a big stuffy. So yeah. I think it was, like, two bucks on top of your Happy Meal. Back when McDonald's cared. You know? Yeah. How dare they not care about me anymore? <laughs> Speaking of not caring about things, let's move on to our social media updates. What a good segue. Boy, was it smooth. Stefan and John are going to bring you the news. Prepare for a feast of rarefied takes. Terrible tweets from verified greats. They'll bring their personal feed to you with an update on their social, social, social media. Dave, we always like to start with the guests. What's going on on your social media? I, I've expanded my social media presence. Sorry, I started to laugh. Not because I was joking, because I, that sentence came out of my mouth and I realized how stupid it sounds. <laughs> but I have. Uh, I mean, I, I really have. Uh, I've tried to spend more time on Letterboxd, which I, I feel like. Maybe we're at the end of social media. Maybe there's not going to be a new one. Uh, but that, I feel, resurrected the the old internet I liked when I was you know, 15, 16, finding other people online who were obsessed with stuff. Yeah. Uh, and on Letterboxd, you know, you got a like, small group of friends. I think only once uh, did somebody ever like jump into the comments and argue with me. And it was it was that I was uh, I think I was like too impressed by su- the new Suicide Squad. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, I think I was too salutary, and the guy said some ver- some version of "You are wrong, sir," but like with curse words. Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. it. Over like years on this site. So my my new thing on Twitter, my my thing is uh is more kind of retweeting and and lurking uh because uh anything starts an argument. It's not really even if I I've gotten better at seeing an argument happen on Twitter and saying, wait a second, I could do literally anything else. It took me a long time to do that. Uh, and sometimes the, anything else is just going to a different social media, but letterbox my thing. 
I, I resurrected a, a Substack because somebody who emailed me said, "Hey, I liked your short-lived Substack, and I didn't intend to drop it." So I've, I've gone back there and written up some stuff because I, uh, I, I just uh, have a lot of time in front of screens uh, and a lot. No, I really, I, I do. I mean, I, I'm it, you know, airports and I'm yeah. in places where I'm seeing things I didn't expect, and I've tried to be a little bit more thoughtful about recording it and publishing it in places. Just partly for you know when my brain is melting uh when i'm old and i want to remember what i did uh but but partly just i feel like it's 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 fun to just if you're gonna consume the content right and we're all we're all doing that the whole economy is about making people consume content uh making them want more of it uh you know oh have you seen all 12 episodes you show you etc and i feel like if i can't look at something and say i had this made me feel something that makes me want to write down that thought then why am i watching it why am i just I, i'm trying, trying to get uh, idle you know j- junky viewing and listening out of my brain so so that's it i mean all, all, all my all my social media now has been uh the same stuff i would be saying on twitter but on on social networks or other people who all have obsessive thoughts about the ten thousand movies they've seen i i, find, I like letterbox like i do i oh, it's great. i'm not yeah. on there yet, i'm but like I, I, i'm interested in well, joining it potentially i mean john again, you don't watch movies, i'm not a movie but... guy the only thing that uh, how do i say this the only thing i wouldn't I would say is that the thing with letterboxed to me, and I agree with you in some respect, Dave, where it does feel like the old internet where you felt like, Oh, I can just be a blogger about this and whatever, yeah. you know, which feels cool, but there are I have some no expertise. Let me publish it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, the yeah, one yeah, thing I yeah. don't like, and I've seen this a few times is where people will use their own letterboxed reviews as like a way of replying to tweets or like quote tweeting. And that, is a sickening disease. The crossover I feel like. between the it's two. It's just the like, it's just the like, you know, someone will have like a tweet and they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, this movie was this, but I thought of this about it. And then someone will be like, oh, I don't agree with you. And then they'll be like, oh, well, I don't agree with you. And then they screen cap their own letterboxed review of the thing and, and be like, this is my full opinion on this. It's like, fuck off. Who cares, <laughs> man? Like, that's just a little, like, you know, fucking Roger Ebert wasn't doing that when he was alive to win arguments. Ah, uh, here's a here, I'm copy and pasting my own review at you. Like, it's just a, it's just a, that's an annoying way of interacting with people. I think where it's like you're already in a one to one interaction. Why would you be mm-hmm. then yeah. bringing your own review? So I, that side of Letterboxd I don't like, but I agree. If you're like a big, and I know people are very obsessed about movies and have a lot of opinions about them. I think it is like, it would be a fun way of compiling opinions about that. And I feel like I could get into something similar for music for sure. Yes. I think with Letterboxd and like that sort of thing is you have like a specific thing just for movies now. And like, it does sort of harken back to when there were like forums and like message boards and stuff, which you obviously don't see as much anymore. And like Twitter is like every message board for every conceivable topic in one place. Right. Yes. That's what, that's why it drives me nuts is even I'll spend more time on Reddit. Cause it's like, Oh, if I talk about Sekiro, somebody's not going to jump in and say, what about Israel? Why why, why is this game still being sold in Israel? (laughs) Yeah. Any, any comment, anything over 10 comments can speak about Israel. The Letterboxd, too, the only spinoff I've seen, the only stream crossing has been this account. Um, I think it's called, Le- it's a, it's a, it's insane Letterboxd. I think it's like yeah. Letterboxd or something like that. That just, uh, I think it's branched out, but it usually just captures a really stupid review that yeah. may or may not be stupid on purpose. And that's it. It's just a picture of that. I've really gotten into the Twitter accounts that are, here is some, here is, 
an artifact of the internet. Um, we just laying it on the, the table for you. It's it's like in a museum with the all white walls and a little podium. Uh, those kind of Twitter accounts where it's just a screenshot of something dumb. Maybe yes. you saw like Michael Gunn emoji on Twitter does this with just like people he finds on Facebook. Uh, the uh, one less than perfect shot. If if, if you would, if you're into movies, just is people submitting really really just dog shit. Uh, you know CGI cgi unfinished there's a lot of these where it's a shot from from venom yeah you can see tom hardy's face and you see as if kind of like stenciled on the beginning of the cgi venom mouth coming in stuff like that i've gotten into just uh no arguing here is something stupid we're all gonna admire it and then move to the next room and look something else stupid that's that's the twitter that's perfect that's what twitter should be i definitely like like animal pictures and that's all i need really i think my favorite letterboxd review is the one of the Joker, where it's just, uh, this happened to my friend Steve. <laughs> and that's just one sentence, that's all it's it is. Great, it's so good. That's really good. I love it. Yeah. That's really good. So I like that you can you can do that with Letterboxd. You can have a very long, thought-out blog post, yeah. and you're making all these salient points, or you can have a very funny one line joke like that, that just absolutely kills. So, well, and that's the, I will say that's the other thing about letterbox too. And I, again, I don't see too much of it in my feed, but there's a, there's a few people both that I follow and just like stuff that gets retweeted into your feed where it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, that you'll see the person like talking about the Joker and then they will be like, in his 1931 essay, W E B Du Bois said that the struggle of the black man was, you know, it's like, where are we going? Like, it's just like, people are really trying to like, it's like every letterbox review has to be this giant social commentary. It's like, I'd rather it just be like, this happened to my friend, Steve. That's way better. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much better than just like, here's like four paragraphs where I'm trying to be a like capital C critic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. I think, uh, I guess this sort of segs and it goes into my social segs, you know, segues sort of segs. (sighs) It's I've I'm very tired. Are you trying to be cool? Was that no, your way of being cool? Just, oh, that's kind of like a sick little seg, dude. <sighs> yeah. That, okay. Yes. I am. That's what I was trying to do. Uh, thank you for saving my ass. Hey, uh, I got you. Um, so obviously my Twitter, my timeline now, what I'm trying for is just like animal pictures for the most part. And I do want to highlight two. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, I think it's called possum possum every hour. Uh, yeah. It's called possum every hour. And uh, I don't know if they, saw me called him out like a year ago. Um, and I was sort of doing it half as a joke, but then a lot of people agreed with me, but I was like the possum every hour account is reusing a lot of possum picks. You'd have to, right? How many possum picks well, could there possibly be? Well, here's the thing in the past. And they, and they were reusing a lot of possum picks. They would use, uh-huh. they would use the same. I feel like it was the same, like 40 picks and they would kind of rotate between sure. them. Uh, and don't get me wrong. They're great possum pictures. The possums looked adorable. Yeah. They were very funny. Yeah. I love them. But after a while, you're like, okay, can we get some new possums here? Yeah, give me a new fucking possum. The past couple months, the possum, the possum every hour account has been fucking killing it. And there are I, It's all new. It's They've, all new possum. And you pictures. think it's because of you? I I'm not saying it's not because of me. Right. How I, many followers does it have? Uh it's it's up there now. It's uh it's, no, it's yeah, it's four hundred and four thousand followers. Oh, that's a lot. So it's big. Okay. Yeah. They only follow one person. You? Uh, no, I guess it's the person who actually runs the account. Yeah, you'd assume. Um, yeah, but I, I do think maybe there's a chance that they were like, okay, we got to step our game up here. We got to get some more possums. And I want to give them credit. They've been they doing a great job. Possums. If you look at my timeline, it's pretty much just pictures of my cat and it's pictures of 
the possum every the hour possum account every that hour. I've been retweeting. The other thing that I want to oh, go ahead, Dave. I mean, it's still pretty brave because if you have a picture of your cat and you're in the wrong Twitter stream, you're going to get like uh, uh, trad guys coming in saying, ah, a man with a cat, not masculine enough to have children by the age of 25. That sort of thing. You cat pictures. I even, I even shy away from uh, when I see one, I'm like, well, you don't want this. You don't want to be, you don't want to be the target of, on, of the stuff that people will get angry about on, on Twitter. So you got animal pictures that people are not yelling at. That's pretty impressive. I, well, I will occasionally see, like, I'll post a picture of Kiki and then you'll get the thing where it's like one quote tweet. And then you click on the quote tweet and it's like not available, which means it's someone with a locked account, yeah. like dunking on you. And I'm like, okay, I guess they can make fun of my cat. That's fine. As long as I'm not seeing oh, is that it. what that is. I was too lazy to figure out what it was. Cause I do get like uh, four or five of those on a post that's doing any kind of number. It, it, it means it's, that it, someone it, with a locked account has quote tweeted you and presumably uh, is saying something mean, but it's like, yeah, I think I would prefer it if Twitter was just like, there's no quote tweets for this, like, and doesn't give you the option <laughs> to click on it. Cause what it is essentially is a button that lets you know, Oh, like five people are making fun of you behind your back right now. But uh, the other thing is that Bone Bone the cat, and John, you're very yeah. familiar with Bone Bone. Uh, yeah, well, only because of you. Yeah. Sure. So Bone Bone's Instagram uh, for, I would say, the past six months or so, uh, Bone Bone is in Thailand, and all of Bone Bone's captions are in Thai. And for whatever reason, I think there was an incident with, with a Facebook like mistranslation uh, like an auto translation that went wrong where it like it insulted a member of the Royal family or something. And so all of the auto translations of the Thai language on like Facebook and Instagram had been shut off completely. So uh, I didn't know what was going on in bone bones captions. And I think it's just in the past couple of weeks they have, they've set up the auto translate again. So now I'm, I'm able to see the bone bone captions, nice. uh, which adds a lot to the bone bone experience, but I am very happy about that too. So what, what do the captions say? What's, 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 uh, let me, let me give you some examples here. Uh, they do, they call bone bone hub a lot, which is very cute. I uh, think hub hub, they call okay. them hub. They say, they say morning hubs, uh, morning hubs. Uh, let's see. What else do morning we have hubbo. here? Uh, Mom told me to make a barber appointment, and he does have kind of longer fur here. Um, baby bear got cut by mom, and it's it's him getting his nails trimmed. It's just very very cute and pleasant uh, captions. It adds a lot to the bone bone experience, and I'm I'm happy. Definitely to see the most back. terrifying way to describe nail cutting, though. Yes, it it, it absolutely is. Yeah, but I I am happy uh, for bone bone. I'm happy for the captions. Uh, I'm happy for the possums, and that's sort of my my fairly pleasant social media update. That's pleasant. Week. Yeah, John. Yeah. Well, we were talking about video games earlier. I saw this great tweet uh, from uh, this kid. This was out this week, and this just made me laugh. Uh, it's from Natalie, who's at American underscore sicko. Girls will say shit like, oh, I haven't played Mario Kart in a while. I might be kind of bad. And then wait for the countdown to hit you with. I played competitively on Japanese servers for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just a great... Uh, I don't think I've ever had is that Becca, experience. Is Becca like that? Becca games. Becca games now. She's a gamer. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say. Is she no, good at she, Mario Kart? I don't know. I don't know if we've ever even played Mario Kart. I don't think so. Like, okay. I think she's like, okay at it, but I yeah. don't think it's, I don't think she's so like that, but I yeah. do, I do like that. I, I do like um, how it can sometimes feel surprising, I guess that, uh, well, the, you know, people will underplay their abilities, at, their, at their abilities game, at games. Yeah. yeah. At things like that. I'm, Cause I'm trying to think if like, I've ever had that sort of I, experience. I've done that before. with NHL. So when I was working in the office before we were working from home, 
uh, we had a little, we had a break room with like a TV and like a PS4 and, yeah. uh, there were a, a bunch of my coworkers loved playing NHL and I was like, Oh, can I play? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Are you any good? I'm like, I'm, I'm okay, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then like, I played like the best guy there and just absolute, like the first goal I scored, everyone was like, Oh fuck. You just and annihilated I, I, And this ass. was, and I was like, Oh, I guess I'm like really good at this game or something. Yeah. And that was sort of me realizing that. Yeah. So I've had that experience with NHL, but no other games. I'm not. Yeah. Like, cause I'm good at Tony Hawk, but people don't really play that. And there's also not really a big, like, like versus culture in Tony yeah. Hawk. So that doesn't really, so I don't really, lift each other up, which is, nice. yeah, yeah, I don't really have that moment. I don't, I've never really had that moment of like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm okay. Yeah. And then I just like fucking dominate. Yeah. Dave, are there any games that you're very, very good at? I got pretty good at the, from software souls games over the over quarantine which surprised me okay because uh, i i'd put down games for a little while i'd play sometimes but i was i was traveling more before 2020 like like lots of people and once i was just in my house these incredibly difficult games uh that you just need to uh you convince yourself that you will never get past a boss or a wall and then you feel this just endorphin tsunami as soon as you do it i got pretty i got pretty into that i don't think i'm uh one of the I, I watch people who are so good they can like beat a boss in ninety seconds and not get hit. I'm not like that. Yeah. Uh, but I've gotten pretty good at these at these games where you have to just uh, white knuckle it through through stuff and get to a level and barely have survived. I, I got into that. It made other games a little bit uh, harder to have fun with because a lot of games I'd find to make a boss or some challenge harder is just you have to kind of repeat, repeat, repeat hit, run back, hit, run back, like your Horizon Zero Dawns. And the yeah. super hard ones that feel like they've been constructed in a puzzly way so that you can figure it out. And then once you figure it out, boom, easy. Uh, yeah, I got, got pretty good at those. I mean, that's, I've been, if I ever were to Twitch, uh, uh, go on Twitch with, with something, I have an account, I've never done it, it'd probably be that. Yeah. I think it'd be funny to watch me fail. And then <laughs> surprising if, if people assume I'm gonna, I'm, I'd be bad at it to watch me not fail. Okay. Either way, I win. Are you excited for uh, Elden Ring? Oh yeah, no. That's one of I have very sincere. This is another thing I do on Twitter now. I have very sincere uh, Souls game and Elden Ring tweets. Uh, I think it's great. I, uh, I, I kind of it's kind of funny that it came. Speaking of stuff that just been delayed forever, because this was an in joke in gaming for a long time. That George R. R. Martin, who can't finish anything, uh, <laughs> signed up to write the the mythos for this series of games, yeah. which also were being delayed longer than anything they'd ever done. Uh, and then once they started putting stuff out, just like, hey, we took the games you liked, the six, I guess, Souls and other games in this it, it, that are that are in this mode. Like Sekiro is kind of the same. Bloodborne. Bloodborne kind of yeah. the same. We did that, and now it's better than ever, and you can jump, and you have a horse, and all and that stuff. And it's like stuff. open like, world more, it, too. Like oh, it yeah. Looks, yeah. It looks incredible. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the, you know, going around. This looks hard, and like finding something else and grinding, going back. It feels to me... Like it, it, that's when I feel most like I am uh, uh, channeling the book I'd read as a kid. The the the, the very formulaic uh, hero must find object that helps him. Once I go back to a boss, and uh, I've now discovered the thing that in that lets me hit him with lightning, and that that cracks it open. I, I had way too much fun playing with that stuff during pandemic. I'm less good at the um the racing and the and the other games I do competitively because so people will play a game with me and assume I'm bad because the ones that are fun to play with people, I'm not that good at. Yeah. And the ones where I just have to, have to grind it out um, as like a warrior whose sword 
I keep upgrading. That, that that's my zone. Yeah. So you're a true gamer, is what you're saying. That's that's, that's a true game. Uh, oh, Mario Kart. <laughs> okay, peasant. Uh, maybe if this was the final boss battle in Blood Demon Blood, Nine or whatever. Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. Bloodborne. Yeah. I know what it's called. Okay. I'm doing you a were fucking doing, bit. You're doing a, a bit. Yeah. Doing a bit. I Thanks, like guy. Thanks both of you. I like Bloodborne God, the most. Am I so unfunny that that was? <laughs> you're like, no, no. It's actually called Bloodborne. No, no, no you're, you're good. You're both true gamers. You're uh, like, oh, we yeah, can't get into for, gamer mindset. Yeah, yeah Blood people. Blood Demon Nine. Yeah. Um, that's not even a fucking game, dude. Bloodborne. I did like the most because you had a gun. I think. Yes. And it was a bit You've, faster paced. I remember watching you play Bloodborne and I was like, this is not for me. It's too difficult. I think Elden Ring, you could maybe. Not that it's even too difficult. I just don't enjoy that. Elden Ring, though, I think you might like because you do like those open world sort of. Yeah, yeah. This seems like a bit more. I'm, it seems I'm, a bit more accessible, potentially, yeah. for non-souls. I people. have too bad of a temper. I, I can't. Oh, that's I, definitely true. Yeah. I can't. Okay. Calm down. No, in terms of video games. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no. I you're do. a nice guy no, outside. Well, no. But I, so, <laughs> yeah, I just, I can't. Yeah. If a boss fight is really, really hard, that's not going to. Yeah. Shit's going to get broken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've told the story before. I broke three different household implements over the whiz pig race and Diddy Kong <laughs> racing. So I broke two controllers. That race is bullshit. And a TV though. remote. It's so fucking hard. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. No, I will mutter loudly to myself and say stupid things, but I usually don't break stuff. Um, that's good. Like I, yeah, I, yeah, that's I've nice. To, I'm, just, I'm fairly old. I can walk away. I'll hit this and say, wait a second. What am I doing with my life? And then uh, and then walk it. But not, not in such an adult way that I then, you know, devote myself to training for MMA or buying Bitcoin or something, <laughs> something important. In the sense that I will walk away, read something, and then 20 minutes later play the game. But enough where I can... I, I back down and say, like, surely there is a way through this uh, that that I can I can think through, and it does not involve throwing something at the screen. Yeah, uh, I uh, and that's been my uh, that's been my experience. I'll hit I'll hit a wall. I'll go like on on a trip for two weeks, come back, and then all of a sudden it, it clicks into place. That whole you know end of the Matrix Neo feeling very real for me with these games, and like this has kept me very sane over the last two years because my the stuff I cover. Um, is a lot. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's say that that's, that's pretty general. Way to that's fair. You know, yeah. There's, there's, there's stuff I cover that there was a period there, like uh, where there were three days of kind of knowing how the presidential election was, was going to end uh, and realizing it was going to be subsumed by protests and attempts to overturn it. And then I said, you know what? Uh, give me an hour. And I went and beat orphan of costs and felt great. <laughs> felt great for like a month. Yeah. And they powered me through the rest of it. That's yeah. good. Maybe I, that's what I need to get into. Yeah, maybe. Right? Help me out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting into things, let's get into our block tip. What did you tweet? You brought receipts. Block tip. Woo! No longer can see the post. It's a block tip. Woo! You probably deserved it. It's a block tip. Uh, Dave? The floor is yours. I'm I'm excited for this one because this is actually the block tale that many people have been like, you have to have Dave on the show to talk <laughs> about just because I think it's like on its face is is very funny. Um, so, yeah. So go, go ahead. The floor is yours. I think it is funny because it uh, it was not intended to, to, to set up a block. And I blocked by a lot of the people that I, I, I've seen on the this show before discussed. I've been like. Sebastian Gorka has blocked me. Yeah. Uh, the kind of hair trigger tough guys who don't, who 
don't like the the libs and want to own them behind a block. That happened. I, I can't begrudge it. That's fine. But this case, uh, in 2017, I was just watching a movie trailer on YouTube and uh, saw tra- um, the uh, Snatch, the Amy Amy Schumer movie with Goldie Hawn, and thought that doesn't look very good. So I tweeted about not looking very good. Uh, I, I said, uh, pull it up now. The new Amy Schumer movie looks like the one where they put all the funny stuff in the trailer, but the trailer isn't funny. Now, am I proud? Of, am I proud of this? Is this the, the best way to say it? Is this high quality writing? I don't think it's any of that. I think it's a tweet uh, from well, what time to update did I do? 840. Jesus, okay. why was I on Twitter at all? I should have just been, you know, cleaning up after dinner, doing dishes, um, working on working on a sub stack. I don't think I had one at that point. Um but I didn't I didn't boost this either. Right. Like, I know you can sponsor a tweet for money. Uh, I respect to people who do that. I didn't do that. I just tweeted that did not tag Andy Schumer, did not tag anyone involved in the movie Snatch. Um, so somebody comes in and says, uh, uh, that's one zing of a subtweet. I don't know what I was subtweeting. Um, <laughs> it's not really a subtweet if you name the person in the I mean, I guess. Yeah, I well, guess not the tagging tweet, them. Tag I guess them. not tagging yeah. them as yeah. a subtweet sort of. But I think well, of a subtweet yeah. as a like. Who am I talking about more than yeah. a like specifically naming the people you're talking about, but not tagging them? That yeah. feels a little different. But anyway. Oh, absolutely. It's just and the people in the comments seem to agree with me. They're all, uh, you know, cis white men. Uh, that's what I like <laughs> to hang out with. And uh, then it's so that's at 840. And then at. Um, two nearly three hours later, uh, so on you know, probably 840 West Pacific time. Kathy Griffin quote tweets me and says, oh, fuck off, Dave. Ignorant comments like yours encourage other secretly sexist slash ageist D-bags. I think she means douchebags. Uh, <laughs> this is when Twitter had 140 characters, right. so you had to shorten it for more. Affecting a woman's, all capital letters, income. And then she tweets at Goldie Hawn and Amy Schumer. And this is one of those moments <laughs> on Twitter I realized, well, you know, I, I at the back of my mind, I realize I'm on a message board with everybody, like <laughs> yeah. I, like the pre- like the president's on this message board, <laughs> and Amy Schumer's on this message board, and like uh, it, like people who I've uh, I I think uh, like I went to high school with and can't stand are on this message board. Yeah. So she tags in them. I don't think I get any, and I respond to her. I like Trainwreck in the sketch series, but eh, this trailer again, super banal. Yeah. Um. And somebody tweets at me, this fellow, Sean Montgomery, um, who, let me look at him. His bio is CTO by trade, but I should be internet famous. Uh, Mm -hmm. But who knows what his bio was at the time. Dave needs about 2 million people to call him, he says. And he creates um, uh, an image, like a zoom in of my phone number on my Twitter account, (laughs) which which I've I've taken off since then because (laughs) Donald Trump... um, what you know went after me and a bunch of people called the number for that reason yeah a little bit more important that trump never blocked me amy schumer did so at some point in this amy schumer is aware of the tweet uh blocks me and has it's it's never never been unblocked um i don't think i don't think she's really at fault in this story i think this is a a case of how you don't really need to just like belch out every single thing you're thinking yeah and there are days on twitter when that's absolutely what i'm doing like i i I can't cannot uh maybe past tense where that would be what I would do what I was doing. I'm kind of off the clock. I'm uh, thinking about pop culture, the thing we all love. And I say, Hey, celebrity who's on this, you suck. Um, but I didn't, I didn't like direct it at her. I just, uh, I heard got back. This happened before this happened on letterbox once where I 
said something was lousy and the person who created it uh, found that and then like sought me out. And look, as uh, somebody who um, writes for a living and wrote a book, I remember vividly the, the one really negative review the book got. And I definitely, uh, the guy, I don't think it was on Twitter, but there was a guy I was on the, on the on the on the fence of of me blocking him or not, he kept trying to pull me into arguments, and the fact that he linked to that thing, I said that's it. So I, I, I understand what Amy Schumer like. I'm a, as a fellow um, thought leader and celebrity, I under, I understand why she blocked me. I'm not like how dare she have such thin skin. I just as as an incident on Twitter, it felt like a great example of all the reasons that site is so stupid because no one needed to say, hey, um, well, certainly. Uh, no one needed to go to Kathy Griffin and say, you see what this guy just did? Yeah. Did No, Kathy Griffin probably didn't need to see, hey, friends, you see what this guy just did? Uh, they had other problems with that movie, mainly that's not very good. Yeah. Um, so, like, but, uh, and I, I think I saw it in a plane w- afterwards and was like, yeah, my instinct that nothing funny was going to happen <laughs> to this movie was correct. Um, so, uh, but Schumer, she, she's, is she kind of like semi-retired raising her kid now? Is that what's going on? Kind of. She started a cooking show in the pandemic on the Food Network because her husband or partner, uh, father of her child, I don't know if they're married. I think they're married, um, is a chef. Right. So they started a, a Food Network show in the pandemic where he was like teaching her how to cook. Yeah. I, I think it's also possible that she blocked you for the reason of like, I don't want to just deal with all these like replies, interactions that this stuff is getting. Oh, that's like, legit. Yeah. That's something so banal, as you said, just like blew up into into like that huge of a of a deal. And I think it could probably be as simple as like she's like, I just don't want to deal with this right now. Hit the block button, and then yeah, I've done that. I'm not. I, yeah. I really don't. I don't. I, my ethics on blocking are um, Twitter is a, is is again this big gigantic public space. Not really public though. It's like you 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 can get in for free, but you can you don't need to talk to somebody. It's, yeah. it's, it's If you've ever been you know in a in a corner at a party with somebody really obnoxious, uh, you can just not talk to them anymore. I've done I've done that twice, I guess. And uh, if you want to block somebody because you just don't want to hear from them ever again, that's fine. And there's people I'll try to maintain a relationship with. You know you know the old uh, uh, don't. Um, you follow them, but you mute them so that they don't get a, get, yep. get yes. on to. Okay, good. That's not just a crazy person thing. No, no, I, no I think no, I've no. muted about okay. a thousand sure. people that I follow. Yeah, because so. you're like, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to follow this person, with, and yeah. and also like in a lot of cases, I might like them. I yeah. just think they have like their their Twitter is annoying, or they just you know I maybe they even have good posts, but they just post too much or something. Yes, that's right? a big so, one for yeah. me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because I'm never in the mindset anymore of like if I just keep tweeting, I'm going to win because I, I just I yeah. just don't think there's anything to win anymore. It's a we're yeah. arguing. We don't need to be. We could we could go somewhere else and and write yeah. our thoughts or forget about them yeah. or do something else. Just post about the stuff that you like. I mean, I think I think we're yeah. kind of all at that point now, which is which is good. It's a very oh, positive. Yeah, development. I've always been yeah, at sure. that point. That's yeah. why no one follows me because <laughs> the shit I like, they're not interested in. <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah. you know me from this podcast about the internet. Here's five tweets about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, <laughs> please enjoy. <laughs> um, no, that, so I didn't. I didn't say how dare she do this to me. It actually, I think that might have been one of the moments where I, I, I thought everyone could be reading this. Like, what would I say if I if I met Amy Schumer? If Amy Schumer was at some, uh, where would I see her? Um, uh, let's 
Chuck see. Schumer's like a, uh, like a political fundraiser. Yeah, Chuck Schumer's oh, gala dinner. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, maybe she comes to DC and she's lobbying for a thing, and then she says, "Hi, I'm Amy Schumer." I wouldn't be like, "Your movie fucking sucked." I, I would probably <laughs> yeah, say, "Of course, not. nice to meet you." Yeah, I'm a fellow human interacting with you. Yeah, uh, there's a thing you did that I liked a lot. Remember their sketch, and she might go and walk away, which has happened to me. Like. When I met Kevin Spacey uh, at the, the <laughs> no. when House of Cards was coming out, yeah. Oh yeah, no. This is going to be a way less interesting story when I mention that that name in particular. <laughs> he didn't do anything illegal to me. Uh, I I just met him at this. Uh, uh, he was making the rounds at this premiere for House of Cards that I, a bunch of reporters were invited to, um, and he came over as he was coming over to me. I started. I said something about how much I love Mel, Mel Prophet which is the character he played on the show Wise Guy. And he just he just looked at me as if he'd never been so disgusted. He'd never, <laughs> he'd never met somebody so pathetic as mentioning his breakout role in the in the procedural uh, Stephen Bochco series. I think so. In, in Wise Guy. Yeah. The fact that I was I, I wanted to bring that up and not talk about his new thing. But I just I saw his eyes narrow and his <laughs> mouth kind of move. And he walked as fast away as he could to somebody else. And I think he was like Howard Feynman or somebody, somebody more famous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I know that like celebrities don't necessarily want you to come up and be like, I, I really love your obscure early work that you might have mixed opinions about. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this to Amy Schumer in real life. That made me realize if this is annoying enough, uh, just, just mentioning that your trailer was not great to, to mess your day up. I don't, I don't want to live in that world. I don't yeah. want to ruin Amy Schumer's five minutes where she's looking at her phone. Yeah. I think it's totally. a, a positive development for all at the, at the I end. agree yeah, so that's good yeah let's move on to something less positive our listener block <laughs> cool. this week uh this is from ben uh this is uh um about uh ethan nicole Stefan, you familiar he is apparently the uh, creative director of the babylon b oh okay uh but uh yes yeah, so this is from ben hello block boys i recently saw that ethan nicole who created the popular axe cop webcomic with his five-year-old brother had jumped on the nft grift by releasing nft axe cop trading cards i generally would have just moved on except i discovered that ethan is now the creative director of the babylon b uh. and is an all-around right-wing christian shitbag a couple of weeks later i decided to check in to see how his nfts were doing and i saw that he had sold only one Ethan has open DMs on Twitter, so I sent him a DM saying, LOL, you've still only sold one NFT. <laughs> Ethan responded saying, I like that you somehow think that's more pathetic than sending me this DM and promptly blocked me. Wit like that mm. really explains the comedy of the Babylon Bee. Ben. Wow. The, having the open DMs is absolutely insane. Especially as like a public figure. Guy, and a yeah. public Never figure of like that. a right yeah. wing, uh, yeah. no. you know. Mine are completely shut off. And I, I have I, open DMs, but I'm not, po no one DMs me. I'm not popular. The, so it's the not a best big deal. But Twitter, yeah, if you're like a guy who's running a right wing Christian, it's just because he wants it, right? Yes. He, he's invite. he wants he people wants to conflict. do this. The yeah. best thing Twitter ever came up with was the option to have notifications on, but only from people that you follow. Like that's the that and the mute I think are the only two good Twitter inventions. Yeah. Well, do you guys have do you guys have Twitter Blue? Did you pay for that? No. no. Have you? I did. Okay. It's it's uh so the main feature I think that it gets described as uh you can you can edit your posts. It's not really what it does. What mm -hmm. it does now is uh it basically creates like an airlock for posts. So okay, uh, if I'm going to tweet something, uh reply like whatever it is, like not a retweet but like a reply or whatever. Yeah. Um. I can. I have the option of basically. Uh, let, let me try. Uh, try something. Yeah. Let me do it again. I have the option of, of hitting tweet and there being like a, a like a little buffering window. I feel like oh. it's five set five or six seconds 
And if you feel like it in that time, you just click it again and like spot the typo or think that's a stupid tweet, um, which I've definitely used that before. I've, I've definitely been, it's I think like 11 o'clock. Let me, let me respond to click, click, click. Nah, let me not respond. To that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Okay. Um, is it worth paying money for on Twitter? Probably not. Um, but that is the main new thing they added. I think it is like a, that's the last feature Twitter did like a pre, I guess, premium, but by definition where I said, good work. The thing that we wanted for a version of what we wanted for 10 years. Yeah. Everyone's tired of like a, a tweet having a typo and that being the, well, either that being the only thing people care about or it's becoming popular and you're just associated forever with being unable to spell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No one likes that. So they fixed it. I feel like most people who want the edit button though are like it it because you'll see people replying being like oh give us the edit button give us the edit button and it's someone with like fifteen followers yeah, they don't understand the implications of the edit well the button. other thing too is is mm. yes I mean I I remember posting on on forums and message boards where you could edit posts and like titles of message boards and getting a bunch of people to post in a in a thread and then renaming the title something that. Like it was like post yeah. post in here if you have like hyper gonorrhea or something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like that's what I would use an edit button for on Twitter. Yeah, but course. obviously this is more like a, These people are, don't are you sure you want to send this post option? Yeah. And I think that's a bit better. Is your brain broken? Yeah. Yeah. And if your brain is broken and you want to send in a listener block, you can do so at blocked at blockparty.com or you can fill out the form on our website. Uh, you can also donate to the show at patreon.com slash blockparty. $5 a month gets you access to three bonus episodes every single month. We just recently posted a uh, Paranoia, our uh, our third installment of of that series, we're currently playing with Carlos Maza, Carla Ma, and Raquel Belmonte, and of course our DM Josh Bergel. It's been a blast, uh, so you can check that out. And uh, we've got ad free episodes. We've got a great Discord. Uh, we're doing we're back doing live episodes now as well. We just did one uh, a Family Feud episode a couple weeks ago, and uh, in January we'll have another live show uh, on Zoom. So you know go and check that out for all of that. If you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, it's at blocked party pod. And, uh, you know, you can just do little things to help out the show. You can rate it, you can review it, you can subscribe to it. Or if you like the show, just tell a friend it's that simple. Uh, so Dave, we're here at the end of the show and, uh, you know what that means? It's time for our top three, three. two, one. Trois, deux, un. Uno, 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 Mustard. Three. Sauce. Now, Dave, you were you were nervous about this. You were saying that you weren't sure, you know, if you were going to be able to come up with something off the cuff. But I I have faith in you, Dave. Yeah, what, I believe what, in you. What is our what's our going to be our top three today? Uh, the what I kept going to was bumbling sidekicks. Everybody's favorite bumbling sidekicks. Oh, that's a, good. A, a classic trope. I, it was in my mind. It was in my mind because uh, I saw, like, like everyone else, I saw the Eternals, uh, and even in a movie that's about uh, you know, spoilers, uh, pe- creatures that are protecting humanity over the course of all history, you know, for, for ten thousand odd years, they they cram in a bumble and sidekick. They cram in a a guy who uh, Kumail Nanjiani keeps calling his valet, which I th- it's actually accurate term. I'm not sure I'm I'm shaming him for this. Uh, who who just has lovable hijinks. Uh, he's in all the meetings where they talk about the end of civilization and, and literally destructs the planet. They just kind of forget to come out of the room. And uh, I notice you know, as, as movies get more formulaic, um, get more. I mean, they've been a little bit more formulaic, but we all know that, it, that, that they, it, it, there's more. Let me say the word algorithm. So I sound smart. Uh, <laughs> the algorithm 
is has told them like what is successful, what's going to go. So I was thinking uh, my favorite bumble, bumbling sidekicks. Okay, uh, great. Okay, all good. of pop culture, crap from everyone. That's enough YouTube books, movies, uh, NFTs. I imagine some <laughs> of the monkeys are sidekicks. Yeah, I yeah. Paid enough attention. Okay, uh, what's your number three, Dave? Well, I I I think I was going to do short round because I think he was uh, short round is obviously the. Uh, the sidekick in the best Indiana Jones movie, Temple of Doom, <laughs> um, who I, I think uh, got a lot of hate, uh, mostly deserved, and it's kind of I've kind of warmed I've warmed to him since then. I've kind of warmed to Short Round. Uh, no reason that a a tiny a tiny boy uh, gets involved in all the hijinks, the danger he's put in, the murder he has to witness. Not cool. Uh, human sacrifice, things like that. But you know he's uh, he's got an iconic hat. Uh, he's funny. He tells uh, Dr. Jones not to be too horny to, to do his mission, which, I mean, I think he phrases it a bit funnier than that. But, uh, you know, short round, he's a, you know, he's kind of gets in some hijinks, so he's not as bumbling as you could be, but I, I decided that I, I just liked his energy. Okay. Well, my number three is, is also from Indiana Jones, and I think he's fairly bumbling, but it's uh, Salah, who played by uh, Jonathan Reese davies um, oh yeah, it's a good one. And he's great. He's in he's in the the first and the third. Um, and he's just he's just a lot of fun. He's got the fez. Um, and I would say I would say he's relatively bumbling. He's he's a little. He's not. I, I wouldn't say he's fully bumbling, but he's on the bumbling <laughs> spectrum to fully, some degree. I wouldn't say he's a full idiot. He's not but he's... fully bumbling, but he does bumble in in some instances, and yeah. uh, and he's great in it. So yeah. That's my okay. number one. Uh, my number three, John. Number three, bumbling yeah. sidekick, Art Garfunkel. Am I right, guys? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, this is this is going to be really hard for me because I don't uh, I don't like hero movies. I don't like movies in general. Um, but I know you said it can be from anywhere. Um, so this is going to be like I said. This is going to be a real struggle for me. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, my number three is going to be Dwight from The Office. Okay. I know it's like cool to hate on The Office now or whatever, but still a good show for me. Still enjoy that character. Uh, Dwight kind of played perfectly by uh, Rain Wilson. Good chemistry with uh, with Steve Carell, Michael Scott. And uh, yeah, you know, I think people forget good character. And he bumbles for sure. Oh, he's a big time he bumbler. He's yeah. a big bumble daddy. So. Yeah. That's uh, that sounded weird, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my number three. Right. Your number two, Dave. Uh, my number two, I'm going to pull from from comics. There's a lot of these guys. I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of the the wingman, like your your Foggy Nelsons, Daredevil's got who uh, they, they they get him, they screw up sometimes, get him into trouble. But I I, I like the real Utre ones that came out of the Silver Age. So. Doiby Dickles, uh, the Green Lantern's old, old uh, goofy side. Doiby wow. Dickles. That was Sean's uh, was number in, one. I yeah. Think. What the, come on, Dave. Doiby Dickles. Doiby Dickles. Okay. Well, I, what I like what about this name. is just. That's such I a like bumbling sidekick name. That's awesome. Oh, isn't it? It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, he he's just he's just a guy who, for some reason, would drive uh, Green Lantern in a taxi. Now, Green Lantern can fly. This is why I, I, I say it's a little confusing. He'd need a taxi driver. But he is just a uh, a, a goofy taxi driver who gets into fights uses a pipe wrench uh to fight people alongside grid lantern i just discovered this you know if you're in if you're into comics sometimes you're like what let me go back into the origins the the raw stuff and it turns out they all were really dumb uh before like that was the, they were four kids like the 80s grim and gritty comics that i grew up with were preceded by um how do we make this as slapsticky as possible so uh 
Joby Dickles is, is I, th- I think he 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 walked so other other goofballs could fly. Uh, so Foggy Nelson could. Oh, I, I guess he he bumbled so others could bumble even even better. But uh, <laughs> I I want. Uh, I, I think I might be one of those guys if uh, during the twentieth reboot of all these of all these DC things, I think I'd be one of those guys who posts um, just trying to post into reality somebody like a Seth Rogen getting cast as Joey B. Dickles, yeah. so that uh, Green Lantern has a little bit of comic relief. I think that was missing from the Ron, Re- ironically, missing from the Ron Reynolds version. It was too grim. You need you need a goofball. Yeah, Joey B. Dickles. Joey B. Dickles. Okay, uh, my number two. This is a real guy. This is Paul Schaefer. From the David Letter. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good. Call. He's very bumbly. Yes, and he's Canadian also. He is Canadian. Bonus. Yeah. Um, but he's uh, he's just a lot of fun. You know, whenever Dave threw it over to to Paul, you knew he was going to say something very weird, a very weird non sequitur most of the time. Um, great look too. Great, great sense of style. But I would say definitely bumbling. I would say he he bumbled a bit. Oh yeah, Paul Schaefer. Yeah, yeah, he's a bumbler. He's a bumbler. I think that was kind of his whole thing. Yeah. yeah, he was great at it. He was good at bumbling. He's a yeah. good. He's a good bumbler. Yeah, John. <sighs> Guys, this is really. I mean, this is this, is, this is a tricky one. You got I, this. No, I, I'll be fine. I'll yeah. be fine. I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, obviously for me, a safe a safe world for me is always cartoons. Yep. I'm always loving a good cartoon, and uh, I'm gonna go my number two, Barney Rubble. Okay. Love a good, yeah. uh, you know, because Barney oh, was sort of, yeah. yeah, he was sort of seen as like the kind of, I mean, because Fred was kind of dumb, but so was Barney. And Barney would also kind of like get them into trouble, make mistakes with Betty, you know, just the kind of uh, fun little bumbly sidekick. Yeah. So that's my number two. Barney good Rubble. Pick, yeah. Thank you. Dave? Hey, you laid it. I should have said at the beginning, like that's what I, the sidekick needs to. Uh, the personality can be all over the map, but he needs to get his uh, friend into trouble to yeah. get the plot moving. So yeah. they have Barney for classic. My uh, my number one would be uh, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater three thousand. I think uh, uh, very aware, created by guys who are very aware of the history of uh, of goofy sidekicks. Uh, met met Frank Conniff for real life. Great guy uh, owns it, but uh, just a legit funny uh, and and put upon in a, in a way that where he's a. Uh, He's bumbling. I mean, he he does. He's not respected by Doctor Forrester, uh, but he's got a heart of gold. I like that in a sidekick. Sometimes, you know, he's going to screw up, but he's going to screw up in the right direction. Um, and just really like the like many people my age on Twitter, just the Simpsons and Mister Science Three Thousand and Mister Show that hardwired like eighty percent of my personality. Yeah, uh, like most of, most of the things I think are funny came from these particular things. And TV's Frank was. I thought the apotheosis of, of the goofball sidekicks who gets into hijinks. It's a good pick. Great pick. My number one. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Garth from Wayne's world. Nice. That's a, uh, that's yeah. a really I good think one, it's, yeah. it's a safe pick maybe, but oh, I uh, like that. He's so funny. Dana Carvey is so Smart good pick, yeah. as, as Garth. And I mean, he is 100% bumbling. Oh yeah, no. If we're question. talking bumbling, like he's Certainly he's no the question. bumbliest man. Yeah, he's very so, bumbly. I gotta rewatch Wayne's World. It's been like ten years. Yeah, me too. It's actually. such a good movie. I haven't watched it in forever. Yeah, yeah but I'm going Garth from Wayne's World. That's my number one. Yeah. My number one is Nigel Tufnell from This Is Spinal oh. Tap. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, I not necessarily bumbling in the sense that he that he. Uh, like he's obviously an idiot, yeah. but it's like he's not even really necessarily dragging the band into weird situations. No. It's just more that he's like a dumbass. Yeah. And uh he's so you know, funny. It's yeah, it's just such a great character. Uh obviously a amazingly hilarious movie. 
And uh, yeah, that's going to be my number one. That's a good choice. That's thank a, you. That's a good top three. Great top three, yeah. Dave. Uh, thank you very much for that. And thank you for joining us uh, here on the show. Before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I, I still should plug my book because you can yeah. still buy yeah. it. Uh, and so my, my book's The Show That Never Ends. It's a book of a history of progressive rock, uh, which is very off what I normally write about, but I'm really happy with it. Uh, I, I'm still, as I mentioned it, thinking about the person who gave that negative review, getting <laughs> circling back to what I was thinking. Uh, and then I write for the Washington Post. If you look at the, you know, look at me on Twitter at Dave Weigel, you got the links to what I write for the Post. I mean, I it's going to slow down because we're having an American Thanksgiving in a, in a minute. But uh, I usually kind of I'm all around the country, uh, mostly this one, uh, about eight to ten thousand words a week of 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 stuff about politics. And if you love politics. Um, who, why can't, you know, who, who doesn't in this yeah. day and age, this crazy world, uh, I, my approach to it is, uh, as much as I can, let me see this stuff in person. This is kind of weird. And so if I, I try to, can, I try to be a little bit you know, on the news, but get, getting really ha- having a really granular look at why people are doing this stuff. Uh, what, what the personalities, like the, the things that don't make any sense that I need to explain. So yeah, just read a, read a, read the good old Washington post. And if you subscribe to Twitter blue, uh, <laughs> as I did, they have some kind of deal uh, that I didn't know about where there are certain news sites where you kind of sneak around the paywall. If you're following, oh, if you're, if you're following a link oh, on Twitter, okay. I don't know how it works. Uh, it does seem like a scam, but not like an expensive scam. It's okay. Like $2 a month or something. Yeah. Nice. So if you're going to be you like, oh, I don't like the paywalls, you know, shut up. Just, uh, <laughs> pay for it uh even pay pay twitter pay not pay none of that money goes to me it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just taking sucking my time and my livelihood just pay but read the damn articles that's that's my advice beautiful right. there you Excellent. go so give dave a follow everything is there read his book uh you can uh, follow us on twitter instagram at block party pod you can also donate to the show at patreon.com slash block party and we'll see you back here next week goodbye goodbye